podcast. <laughs> They're waiting for you. Start spreading the news. Mm. <laughs> Welcome back to We Are Just These Guys, you know. What's happening? I am Lance. And I am Mike. And we didn't get our usual thumbnail shot. Hang on, don't move. Oh. He doesn't understand, don't move. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I thought you were telling everybody else. <clears throat> I thought everybody else froze. Now, maybe we got a <laughs> thumbnail shot there. If not, it'll just be... It'll, yeah. It'll say episode 31. <laughs> 31. 31. That's crazy, isn't it? That's, 31. That's a milestone. <laughs> 31 episodes. 31 weeks. Okay, okay, okay. That's enough. Thank you, guys. Settle down, everybody. So I've got a observation. You have an observation? Yeah, real quick observation. Okay. You know, we always start these out with mindless, which is ironic. <laughs> mindless banter. <laughs> on a show focused on yep. the mind. That's Go right. Ahead. Yeah. So See, I'm with you. Yep. You are the only human being that I know. And I don't know any other non-humans either that, that do this. <laughs> that drink uh-huh. coffee what? out out of a regular cup. Not a regular cup. Well, a Tupperware cup. That's the key. <laughs> yes. Tupperware. Tupperware. Plastic. So why do you do that? For a couple of reasons. One, I'm a klutz, and when you fill up a coffee mug and you move around, okay. I do spill coffee everywhere because mm-hmm. I can't stand still. And then secondly, if I drop it, uh-huh. there's a there's a good chance the <laughs> cup, the coffee cup will yeah. break, which I've done that a few times. Okay. And so I accommodate my disability mm-hmm. by yeah. and then thirdly it it holds so much more that by hmm. the time it cools down, then you can just start chugging it and well, yeah, there loading you go. the caffeine. Okay. Well, who knew Tupperware was just that much more valuable? Now, I have a surprise for you. Mm-hmm. Oh. I am presenting Mike with a gluten-free chocolate-covered donut. Gluten-free. Gluten-free. Fresh out of the freezer. <laughs> Put and it on a stick. He's looking at it. He's holding it. He's smelling it. And it is cold. You're right. It it's is cold. Fresh out now. So what I do don't you mean lie. fresh out of the freezer. Fresh out of the freezer. Am I want to break a tooth? No, you're not gonna break a tooth. You're gonna <laughs> break a heart. That's that right there is what the heaven made of. And he's chewing and he's looking. Hold on, hold on. And he's got a mouthful of donut. Now he's chugging some coffee. <laughs> there it was. There it was. They're that's good? why. That's why. The guy that started Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> put that together. A genius. Coffee and donuts. Do you know what saved Dunkin' Donuts ultimately? From I, not no, going I under. No. <laughs> By uh, the way, this that's really good. Gluten free. Where'd you where the heck did you find this thing? You went to some freezer aisle. Aldi's? Aldi's. I, I thought I recognized the A in Aldi's starting to come out of your mouth. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, the awe of all these. Right. 
<laughs> well, back when you, we'll mm. get back to the Dunkin' Donuts yeah, thing in a minute, yeah, people. Um, we have ADD. Mm-hmm. Settle down. When Aldi's, when you first told me about uh, gluten-free, I ended up at Aldi's and mm. sitting in the freezer aisle was this box of gluten-free donuts. Oh, what the heck? I'll grab some and I'm get home and I'm reading and it says keep uh, in the freezer until ready to serve and then put out on the cabinet and let go to room temperature. Well, I can't wait. <laughs> yep. Stare at a donut for 30 minutes waiting for thaw out. No. Yeah. So I just grabbed it out of the freezer and ate it and it was really <laughs> good. Now, I did let one sit out to room temperature and found my preferences. Cold. The frozen donut. Yeah. So... I went back to all these to get them, and they didn't have any. And I went back, and they didn't have any. And I went back, and they didn't have any. And I went back, and they didn't have any. Word is out. I called the manager, or didn't call him. I'm not that. <laughs> <laughs> but while I was in there shopping one day, the manager happened to be there. Mm-hmm. And I called him over mm-hmm. and said, hey, what's up? Where's all the chocolate-covered uh, gluten-free donuts? And he said, those are a specialty item. We get them in once every five or six months, and when they come in... They go pretty quickly. So you just kind of have to watch. So do you now have a freezer full of them? You read my mind. (laughs) (laughs) We were shopping, and Tish was looking in the little freezer aisle, and she went, oh, my God, Mm. look, look right here. (laughs) So like good neighbors, we got two boxes Mm -hmm. and then got the idea, we're not going to see these again for six months. Mm -hmm. So we bought 10. (laughs) <laughs> so you're like toilet paper in a pandemic yes or you're gonna you're gonna sell them on ebay i, I could I'd probably get 20 bucks a box 30 <laughs> easy <laughs> i'll give you 15 right now how big old boy are you mm-hmm. where's the good so duncan Yes. What ultimately saved Dunkin' Donuts, because I just saw, Don and I love to watch those Made in America, Food That Made America, or whatever it is. You don't ever watch that? Uh, No. It's fascinating stuff. I'm sure it is. Yep. But Dunkin' Donuts was actually saved by that hole in the center. Really? The donut hole. They had gotten to a point to where business had peaked. It was getting ready to, to tail off. Krispy Kreme was actually kicking Duncan's rear because Krispy Kreme, the idea behind Krispy Kreme is they wanted to bring the uh, donut making process to the public. So uh-huh. that's the deal. You watch the donuts being made, you know, as they go through. And then you eat a, yep, you eat a nice warm donut there. Mm-hmm. Krispy Kreme, they, they got a thing going on. Yeah. And so uh, Duncan was really kind of starting to tail off. They had gone and opened up a bunch of franchises and all that. And somebody came to him with the donut hole. All mm. that dough that we've been wasting. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing <laughs> out the holes. Yep, we can use it. And that's what saved it. And to this day, it's its largest seller. Really? And because of the children, think about kids. Kids love donut holes because they're not trying to eat a whole donut. Parents love giving kids donut holes because they're not trying to feed them a whole donut. <laughs> so, yep, the old donut hole. Well, gluten filled. I feel educated. Yeah, there's your morning education, mindless education. Well, it's really I, good. I have some morning education for you. Then mm-hmm. we 
I was looking at our uh, broadcast statistics and mm. saw that we have listeners in Canada. Mm. Mm. Uh, and not just anywhere in Canada, but in Alberta. Ooh, nice. So a shout out Alberta. to our Alberta, Canada fans, Absolutely. Uh, which led me to the question, mm -hmm. um, what do you say to an Alberta fan in Canada to you know, kind of connect with them? Aloha, don't work for the Albertan. Uh, that doesn't connect. So what, what would you... What could you say to really draw that Alberta, Canada listener in, feel like they're at home when they're listening to this podcast? <laughs> well. Now, if the donut I given you this morning had jelly in it. Oh, yeah. And you wanted to communicate that to somebody from Alberta, you would say, Hey, Ozer, how's the jam buster, eh? <laughs> the jam buster. It's a jam buster. Did you get that at Tim Hortons, eh? <laughs> Jelly-filled donut. You ever heard of Tim Hortons? No. Tim Hortons is one of the best coffee and donut places My that there is <laughs> in all of the world. Mike knows all there is to know about coffee and oh, donuts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a connoisseur. Uh, Tim Hortons is arguably... The number one reason that I used to love to go back into Canada on business trips. So you've been to Canada? Oh, yeah. Many yeah. times. Many times. Ontario and Quebec. So bonjour, Quebec. And uh, we would go into Tim Hortons, and the deal was that was I, the very first time, as a matter of fact, I took Dawn into Canada. I gave her a $20 bill, U.S., sent her up to the counter to get a couple of donuts and a couple of cups of coffee, I was doing this on purpose. I wanted her to go order it. So she goes up there and she gets the, the coffee and the donuts and she comes back. She comes back and she has this blank look on her face because she now has donuts and she has coffee and she has more money than she went up there with. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, now let me explain exchange. The reality is you can't come up here and go shopping and end up with more money. Sure. And so it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> Come back with some loonies and some toonies. And yeah, Alberta. That's cool. Yep. Welcome. And I did put on my gunch this morning. Yeah. <laughs> You've done some Googling. <laughs> my men's underwear. <laughs> gunch? Gunch. Huh. G O N C G. Well, I've never so heard of that. Gunch or gunk? Yeah. Gunch, gunch. <laughs> And later, I'll be wearing a bunny hug. Bunny hug? A bunny hug. Bunny hug. Hmm. A hooded sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to Alberta. Yeah. Now, is that specific to Alberta, or is that just a whole Canadian thing? You know, the we're just going to <laughs> we're just gonna have to drive up there and find out. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, I finished it. That was good. Try not to make too many noises here. Mm. <laughs> You've been <laughs> chewing into the microphone. I don't know. And Just suddenly you're going to be considered. Everybody, yeah. <laughs> now that I'm done. Now that you're done. <laughs> Slurping. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that we probably have some uh, folks out there that join us that aren't necessarily football fans. 
But I can't help but at least just make a quick observation that that was one of the best opening weekends of college football as far as the real opening mm-hmm. goes that there's been in a while. Really? I mean to tell you, this the upsets and the 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 <clears throat> characters, the the games themselves. Uh, I mean, and this wasn't even like this coming weekend. We got Texas and Alabama. We got some real rivalry type stuff going sure. on. Some real high level competitions. But man, when you just consider Colorado alone oh, and yeah. what they did, the fact that you might not like prime, but the dude backs it up. Yes. He talks the talk. He is so stinking. You want to talk about positive thinking? He is so positive. And that's the key. That's what has all of his guys who were 86 young men, brand new to the roster. You want to talk about all the excuses that are out there of being able to, well, we got to have time to blend and gel them and get them to play together. Right, right. We got to figure out how to unify these. Might take a little while. Right. It's a rebuilding year. We got a three year plan. Yeah. He didn't. Because I have a three year contract. A rebuilding year ain't even in his vocabulary. Well, he would appreciate something Roger Marshall said recently. Okay. Roger Marshall is a U.S. senator from Kansas, yep. and he said, we need to move from tired to inspired. Ooh. ooh mm. That. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I think of when I, when I see Prime and is talking about uh, how the game went, uh, talking about football, talking about young men, talking about coaching is it's very much he said something in in an interview that before they left before they got on the plane they knew they were going to win and then i just i just watched the show the movie champions uh last night uh, with woody harrelson and he becomes a coach of a basketball team with uh, kids with special needs adults with special needs oh cool and yeah okay i've heard of that he was talking to them about visualize being on the floor and being champions when they go to the, the championship game. And here in the practice, he was telling them, close your eyes, see yourself on the floor after the game, banners streaming, and you are champions. Mm-hmm. And then he talked to each one of them specifically about why they were already a champion. Yep. So that they could go to the game and be the champion they already are. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this whole thing... Now what we're finding, and you knew it had to be the case, is that they have been filming from day one, like from the day he was still thinking about taking the job. That does not surprise me one bit. No, but all along. So as an example, he had in one video a hoodie on that says, um, we're coming. <laughs> and and then in his pregame speech, it, it, he kind of wrapped it all up with, we're not coming anymore. We're here. <laughs> and he didn't even have to say it. Everybody else said it. Sure. And so it is a culture that he creates. And it's a culture of, listen, it is flat out going to be the reality that we are here and we are going to win. And dang, if they didn't beat the runner-up national champions from last year. Sure. Not just like a pushover. The very first game that's scheduled, he goes out and whoops a big team. Big team. <laughs> so amazing. And I just, I know they're going to continue to, the players they got, the kid from Derby, he was the real star. Was he? This, um, 
kid who initially signed at K-State, then he signed at Notre Dame, and then Prime was like, <laughs> you got to come here. You know, you you need to be a part of what we're doing here. And he he did, and it, I mean, there were several guys that, that stand out or stood out in that game. One kid played like 139 plays because he played offense and defense. Really? Yeah, in 100-degree weather. Wow. Now tell me, and at the, at the end of the game, one of the uh, reporters asked him if, if he was ready for a nap or he was, you know, if he was wiped out. And he said, no, I'm ready for another quarter <laughs> because he had gone from tired to inspired. Yes. Positive thinking. Yep. The power <laughs> of the mind. Oh, my gosh. It's just so amazing. And K-State had a great game. The young man from Mays, Avery Johnson, he got in and got some playing time. It was great. That's fantastic. Yep. How are you feeling about your football prediction for? I hate that I actually made that prediction. Chiefs versus the Lions. I still, they got to be on upset alert. They just have to. So that's Thursday night, I think. Yes. And I just, I I don't want them to lose, but I just feel like. uh, Now here's what's going to happen. That prediction, that podcast drops Wednesday night. <laughs> oh, perfect. And then the game is Thursday. <laughs> yeah. So I've been thinking as I was editing the editing all of that, I was like, do we need to get Mike some protection? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah. It's uh it's gonna be a, an interesting game. Watch the Chiefs will just blow them out. Which I'll be totally cool with that. But yeah, it's gonna be good. It's going to be good. All of the, the teams that used to be just bottom dwellers have, have really come put it together. It's created a lot of, uh, what do you call that, parody? Parody. Uh, and it's, it's just, it's, it's fun to watch. It's like every game is a, is a fun game to watch. So... Don is not much of a football fan, so that's not too pleasing for her. But I told her, I said, football season started. She said, I'll see you in six months. <laughs> I was like, all right. <laughs> Got your foam finger. Yep. Your cheese dip. Yep. Gluten-free cheese dip. Yep. It's good, though. It's fun. I love this time of year. Moving from tired to inspired. Mm-hmm. Well, that's in... You can... I'll just speak for myself. I can find myself being habitually tired. And it's it's not because I'm actually tired. I'm just, it's a habit of feeling, mm-hmm. of, of letting myself. And then that keeps me from doing some of the things that I could be doing to not be tired. Right. Yeah. Like more exercise right. or, uh, you know, just continuing to... I still love a good nap, a power nap. I just need 10 minutes, and it helps a lot. Oh, yeah. But if I'm not careful, I can find myself really enjoying the recliner (laughs) way too much. I'll get that 10 in, and then I'll just hang out there for a while. (laughs) So, yeah. Tired to inspired. That's really good. I like it. I think that could very well describe the the church. And I won't even use... uh, the pandemic or, or COVID as an as an excuse. I think that we were there before, right? Yeah, and I think that we had just kind of 
settled into just accepting. So tired to me is also just kind of apathy of accepting that where you are is okay. And it's never really okay because we've always got a mission out in front of us to continue to the Great Commission to mm-hmm. go. And so uh, hopefully that's where we're headed. I think we are. I think we're rolling in that direction more so than we have uh, in any other time that I can think of, but still a whole lot of inspiration to go. And uh, so I'm looking forward to it. So how do you inspire yourself? Question of the day. Mm. How do you inspire yourself? Well, personally, how I inspire myself is, is again, by observing others who are uh, out ahead of me, like a Prime, like Dion, like a uh, John Maxwell. I watch videos. I try to feed as much into my mind, mm-hmm. uh, the inspirational stuff, the the stuff that's really valuable, um, scripture, obviously, um, just feeding again. So somebody like Prime, when you watch his, the documentaries about him, when you watch his, his TV interviews, yeah, that inspires you mm-hmm. uh, to go be a football player. Or? No, just to just to pursue <coughs> advancement. Just to go after what what you might have thought wasn't possible, mm-hmm. and just to it just gets you like my skin starts to crawl. I get goosebumps. I get chicken skin on my goosebumps, <laughs> and it makes me want to do. So when you see him being successful in a situation where everybody was predicting he would not be successful, when you see his attitude about how he kind of went about doing that that opens the door for you says you can do this thing in front of you for me on a on a personal level what it what it does is it inspires me and i always picture myself in front of the church i always picture myself where we can be and so that's the team Mm -hmm. that that i see myself leading sure and wanting to inspire and so uh always every time that's where I go with it. And so that kind of stuff is, is exactly what I need and want. Well, do you remember uh, Prime when he got his name Prime? Do you remember mm-hmm. how he played the game? Oh, yeah. Do you remember how he, the attitude that he carried? He played two sports. He yep. played baseball and football and excelled at both. Mm-hmm. And there was an old, I don't know if it was a Domino's Pizza commercial or Pizza Hut, one or the other. But when he signed with the Cowboys, um, Pizza Hut's marketing was, you know, uh, do you want a pepperoni pizza or do you want a, you know, side of, of bread or something? And it, but they were having a big two for one kind of special, and you know they're giving people the option: you want this, you want that. And they were going both. Ask him Prime, do you want this, you want that? And he's like both. And then Jerry Jones stands in and says, do you want ten million, you want fifteen million? And he says both. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> because he signed that huge contract with right. the Cowboys for $25 million. Everybody was kind of shocked. Mm-hmm. But 
you know, he was a very inspiring player. He's very positive. He said, I'm going to do this. And he went out and did it. And he did impossible things mm-hmm. in baseball. He did impossible things in football, set different records. And, and he did it with, with pizzazz and class. Yep. And then, you know, he's just kind of always carried that. I remember a story where he got arrested. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. There's a button over there for this or something. <laughs> that's not it. That, that's another one. <laughs> but he got arrested. And, you know, when you see that Deion Sanders arrested, mm-hmm. oh, you know, the, the trolls come out, you know, what are right. And he's like, I knew it. I did it. I, I, yeah, you know, I was out and the fish were jumping and I know I didn't have a license, but <laughs> I couldn't help myself. <laughs> he got a ticket for fishing without a license. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, even in that, it was an inspiring moment to, you know, go mm. do what you want and, and accept the responsibility for your actions. It, he's just always been that character. Yep. That's always been very positive, forward thinking, um, motivational, you know, don't say don't, can't, don't say can't, yeah. know, can't never could. Yep. Um, now I did. Everything's no- always possible. Yeah. I did notice that. It's, it's interesting to, to take the psychology behind all of it. Excuse me. And so before the game, he's talking about, you know, this ain't about them. This ain't about, this ain't even about our opponent. This is about us. This ain't about our naysayers. This is about us. This ain't about anybody else. This is about us. Fundamental number one. <laughs> yep. And then what he does. I control what I think, what I do, and what I feel. Yep. And then he continues to take that. So after the game, sure, he's now saying to the naysayers, we keep receipts. <laughs> <laughs> He's using it as motivation to get them on his side to become believers. He kept saying, do you believe now? Do you believe now? (laughs) He's like, because they're having to sit there. So he uses their, uh, you know, naysaying as motivation, but in the right moment. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like he doesn't pay attention to the, to the things that they write and all this and that. But he doesn't allow the team, when it needs to be focused on controlling what they do, controlling what they think, controlling how they move forward. Uh, and I've always used, you know, quarterbacks as the analogy uh, to these fundamental thought processes. And, and in athletics, you, you hear these things. These guys are highly successful in what they do or they wouldn't be there, they wouldn't be on TV. Well, how do they be successful in what they do. And same with people in finance who are very successful in finances. You know, they talk about having a short memory yeah, because you can't change the past and to go live and revel in the past does you no good. And uh, our team was one in 11 last year, Colorado. Mm -hmm. Well, that was last year. This is this year. Yep. We control what's in front of us. And he got players in there. He recruited his own players that he wanted and they may not have been the biggest or the, the tallest or the fastest, but they had, you know, the football knowledge. They had the, the ability to to be positive and motivated. He went and got players that he that wanted. He's you know kind of like Mike Tomlin's always fond of saying, "We don't want hostages." Yeah. 
You know, we want people who want to be here. Yep. And we don't want hostages. You know, if you're in this program, and you don't agree with what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, there are other programs. Oh you know? yeah, they had many guys that decided <clears throat> they were going to step away from what was about to happen there because they didn't think it was going to go this way. And he's not using that, keeping the receipts. He's not using that as a, a punishment. Sure. No. Or to be smart aleck or to rub your face in it. But it's kind of like if you're scared to jump off the diving board, well, how do you get the courage to jump off the diving board? You jump off the diving board. Mm-hmm. And once you jump off the diving board, what you tell yourself about that experience is key to whether or not you'll jump off of it again. Sure. And if you jump off the diving board and say, well, I was lucky and well, you know, the you were there to catch me and well, you know, if you don't, you know, bring the receipts, you know, no, I went up there. I stood on the edge. I took the risk. I jumped. I landed. I'm safe. Mm. Now I get the courage to do it again mm-hmm. because I'm looking to the past and evaluating it realistically. And that's what he's doing with his players is everybody's been telling you and when he's talking to the press, he's not talking to the press. I mean, I know prime and I know, <laughs> I know he's talking to the press, but he's also got another audience in his mind. Sure. Because he knows those kids are going to be listening to the press conference. Oh, yeah. And he's showing them the attitude he wants them to have. Mm -hmm. And y'all said we couldn't do this, and we did it. Mm -hmm. And that's a message to the team is don't listen to the negative voices in your head. Don't listen to the negative voices in your circle. You know, stay focused on what you're wanting to accomplish and believe you can do anything. Yep. There's nothing you cannot do. So I highly <laughs> suspect that they will not go one and eleven. Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a pretty good chance they won't do that. And I highly suspect there will be a documentary coming. Oh yeah. About Prime's first season in Colorado. Netflix has already been Ringing his phone off the hook. <laughs> it's probably already happened. I'm I'm sure they've been filming yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Prime's not done. Nope. No, heck no, he ain't done. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. It's cool. And that's, that's the inspiration is, you know, move from tired to inspired. Mm-hmm. We sit back and say, well, they're good. You know, they were number one last year. We don't stand much of a chance. You know, we, we look at, you know, Ford said obstacles are those things you see when you take your eyes off the road. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And, and, you know, if you kind of use that analogy, when you're driving down the road, where are your eyes? Sure. They're on your destination. You're looking down the road where you're headed. I may be heading to Dallas to get the Dallas. I can't see Dallas, but to get the Dallas, I got to get over to 35. And when I get on 35, I got to look straight down the road, head towards you know, Oklahoma, I have to keep my eyes. And when, if, if, if I look to the right or the left, what's going to happen to my car? You know, I'm going to veer off the road into the ditch. Right. And that's what happened to Peter. Jesus said, took his eyes right off of him. Come to me. He stepped out of the boat, eyes on Jesus, began walking on the water. And when did he sink? When he looked, looked at the, at the storms, yep, yep. When he looked at the problems, 
not the solution when he looked at you know why I can't be doing this versus what I'm trying to do. Yep. When he took his eyes off the person who believed in him and no longer was, you know, inspired by the motivation, the belief the other person had in him, the belief Jesus had in him, come to me. I he wouldn't have said come if he didn't think you could come. Come and sink. <laughs> I knew you couldn't do it. I was just gonna see if you would get out of the boat. <laughs> no. <laughs> see how long you can hold your breath. Yeah. That is not what I, I, he said. Come because he knew. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think, "Boy, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be Peter." No, he's he's the only one that stepped out of the boat. Yeah. The other eleven dudes were cowering in the boat, not even willing to step out. So tired to inspired, it starts with stepping out of the boat. And for uh, people in our role, you as a pastor, me as a psychologist. Uh, you know, oftentimes people will say to me, you know, I, I, I couldn't do your job. You know, I couldn't listen to that nonsense all day long. Right. But the only thing that frustrates me, the only thing that really, you know, bothers me is when people quit trying. Sure. You know, if you're going to try, I'll work with you for the next 20 years. If I see you're working at it, if you're trying, if you're putting in effort, whether you're moving or not moving, if you're trying, I will be there all day, every day. Yeah. But it's when when somebody quits or gives up, or when somebody says they can't do it, or when you know the there's such an obvious positive outcome to something, and they choose something you know is a negative for them. <laughs> that there's there's so many reasons to do it this way, to pursue this goal, and they pursue a different goal. And it's hard to watch somebody flame out. Sure. It's hard to watch somebody just drive their car into a ditch on purpose yeah. over and over and over. When you can see very clearly that the only thing that's holding them back <clears throat> is right between their ears. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing else. It's only their willingness to go from tired to inspired to do the little things that it takes just to keep moving forward. And... I experience the same thing a lot of a lot of times with people where they just simply want you to do for them mm-hmm. what they must do for themselves or they 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 get themselves into a place where uh, I, I tell you what I see this a lot and I well I say I hesitate to say it but I'm going to say it anyway so I'm not hesitating that much mm-hmm. I think people use prayer as one of the <clears throat> biggest crutches that there is. And that can rub a whole lot of people wrong or they can completely misunderstand. So to explain just a little bit, I think so often we will say a prayer and we'll say a prayer that we want God to do something for us. And he's like, you can do that yourself. If you just get up and if you will just go, you've got this. And so prayer as a, you know, just using God as a, as our maidservant, I just think is, it's, it's worthless. That might be harsh, but I just think it's, it's almost, it's an excuse is what it is. Sure. To sit still until God does something. So you're just going to sit there and expect him to, to pay the bill, you know, as an example, or fix the relationship. 
when if we if we would just go from tired to inspired, it, we could we could see that relationship fixed. We could see that bill get paid. We could see. Uh, well, I think that's where these two come together. You know, inspired. I'm inspired to do what? I'm. How do you? Where, where does the inspiration fit into that whole equation? Well, you 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 first must know what you're after. What do you want? How do you want things to be? To be inspired. And so, you know, um, you know, Roger Marshall as a politician will hold out the vision of a different future and say, this is possible. And then he works to try to inspire, you know, people to pursue that new future. Mm -hmm. And that's what we can do for ourselves is, you know, what do I want in my life? How do I want my life to go? Do I, do I want to learn to play the guitar? Do I want to you know, work out and, and get into better health? Mm-hmm. Do I want to live pain-free? Do, you know, what do I want? And then figuring out the way to inspire yourself to achieve that. Now, it helps if other people are, are trying to inspire you as well. Sure. But at the end of the day, you have to believe, you have to buy in, and you have to have the hope and the courage. And that's what, you know, to me, that's what, the New Testament kind of keeps coming back to, you know, uh, Paul said, do not be anxious, but in all things through prayer, you know, thanksgiving and belief, tell God what you want. Mm-hmm. When you get that image fixed in your mind, when you tell him what you want, that's when the peace that surpasses all understanding comes upon you, is when you tell him what you want, not tell him what you don't want not take this from me, not go fix this for me, pay my bills, you know, no, tell me what you want. When he tells you what you want, I think is when the pathway starts to unfold in front of you. And then the courage, the faith to take the first step down that pathway. Mm -hmm. You know, he lights the lamp at my feet. Um, It was a scripture. I don't remember it very well, (laughs) but I remember the pastor talking about it, but uh, the 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 master comes into the house and leaves the servants out in the field while he's eating dinner. And said, so, "What are you doing? Your your servants are still out there working." Um, and he was relating that to faith. He said, the, "The fields aren't finished, so why would I bring them in if the if the field's not finished?" And that's you know faith. And Peter, ye have little faith. Well, he didn't have little faith in terms of an amount, because Jesus said, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you could tell this mountain to move and the mountain would move. It's the length of time that you maintain that faith. How long do you believe in the promise? And so the analogy is the workers out in the field, that's our faith. Hmm. And we put the faith to work and then we go on with our lives. I believe that he will show a way for this. Now, I don't see it today. Uh, it's the end of the 30-minute sitcom. We don't have a you know, resolution to all of this. It may take weeks. It may take months. It may take you know, different efforts and trying. But having the faith and the belief that I can do this, having the, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. Having the vision of what you want, and it doesn't, you know, vision, you know, I want to be in this big dream, but it can be I want to be in better health. Sure. I, I want to, you know, enjoy my days more than I currently enjoy them now. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to find 
uh, fun and, and enjoyable activities in my life, but I want to do that in a way that's good for me, good for the people around me. And I don't know what that is, so that's where you camp out. Because I think when you camp out there, when you say, Lord, I want you know, to be stable financially, well, a spreadsheet doesn't just show up in your, e in your email. <laughs> so I want to be stable financially. And as you focus on that, then ideas start to come to you. And then it's up to you to discern which of these is what he's wanting me to do. Yeah. And then it, it boils down to your belief being, well, think of it this way. Faith is uh, belief in action. So it boils down to what you're willing to do to put your belief into action, which turns into faith, which turns into a new expectation. How do we expect things to go? And then that's when the things start to turn into a positive experience. And because it, it's the self-fulfilling prophecy to stuff that I'm telling you, every time we, we change our expectation it might not end up being exactly what you expected, but it's way better than, than what it would have been had oh, you yeah. gone into it in a negative approach or, like you're always saying, what you don't want. <laughs> Focused on what you don't want. And, man, that is, that's an epidemic, really, which is why you wrote the book. <laughs> negative, negative thinking and worrying uh, just, just eat people's lunch. And uh, it, it's the, you know, what I've always run into, and I'm hesitating a lot here, what I run into a lot is, that sounds great. How do you do it? And so I came up with the how to do it. Yep. But now that requires daily drudgery work on their part. Yep. And that's always the the hard part. And so if I have a chance to work with somebody on these things, one of the things I'll do, and they, they, they know I'm doing it half the time. How was your week? And they'll start talking and I'll sit there. Now the initial thought is he's taking notes about my week. Sure. I am not. Nope. I'm listening to all the sentences that they're saying that are worrisome or negative. Sure. And I'll write those down. And at the end of their description of their week, or maybe sometimes I've hit the bottom of the page. I'm like, stop. And I'll just hand them the sheet of paper and say, and like, Oh man, I worked so hard. I'm not saying I don't want. Yeah. <laughs> and I said it 22 times in the middle of all of that, but it's to bring that awareness to them, the way they're thinking, they're worrying about things, you know, uh, and they use, they use don'ts as an excuse. Mm. Like it would be better to, to live this way than that way. And, but the reason why they're going left instead of right is because they're asking themselves, why not? You know, I could go to the gym every day or I could sit home and watch TV. Why not? Who am I hurting? I'm not sure. hurting anybody. I yeah. deserve this. I've worked hard. I bought the TV. It's the weekend. I can sit here and watch TV and I'm not hurting anybody. Now, the family may be up and doing things and going out and going to the gym and, you know, participating, you know, in game night, playing games, doing things together, doing things that everybody enjoys, doing things that are healthy. But that person is sitting there, they're going, 
I can watch football all weekend if I want. Why not? I'm not hurting anybody. They're choosing it based on a negative. And, and then that seems to validate their negativity and they don't recognize that is going on within themselves. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. As you were saying that, I was sitting there thinking to myself, how many hours did I spend <coughs> watching football over the weekend, over the long weekend? And here's, here's, I talk so enthusiastically about football because I grew up playing it. I love the sport. I mostly loved playing this sport. Sure. Um, I watched over the weekend, maybe, I mean, maybe one hour. Really? Out of all the games. As a matter of fact, I didn't watch one down of the actual Colorado game. No. I didn't watch one down of the K-State game. I don't have ESPN Plus. (laughs) (laughs) But I have the ESPN app. Sure. And I watch the highlights. Oh, yeah. And I love a good story. Mm-hmm. And so, I, and I've been p- kind of paying attention to the, to the Colorado story and what Sanders had, was, was doing. But when I saw that they won, like that was the first thing. That, that's the first time I knew the game was already over. So I saw it. So I don't spend a lot of time sitting around watching football, but I'm always engaged in the, in the day through highlights well, I'm glad you said that because as I was <laughs> using that kind of analogy, I'm like, oh, no, I'm calling him out. Yeah, no. <laughs> I didn't mean to call no, you out. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. And that's not how I took that, but it made me think, okay, so, because I do, listen, I do, I spend too much time in my recliner. Oh, God. As a matter of fact, the thought went through my head. You know what I want to do? I want to take the recliner out of the living room. <laughs> I want to get rid of it because I spend too much time there. I'm sitting still way too much in that chair. I love that chair. But... It's usually to take those power naps and right. and lay on some heat from my back, um, but the the reality is you're absolutely right. Uh, we sit around and and we're reactive to life instead of proactive. Sure. And Dion didn't just recruit all these guys and wait for the season to start. Right. They went through a rigorous preseason. Spring, spring ball, preseason practices. That mean he had them. They had six penalties, six penalties with all new guys basically playing. They had five guys with over 100 yards receiving. <laughs> These are all records. Yeah. And it's just insane. He had them so ready to play. And that's what happens with the fundamentals when we spend daily time working on it and you got to work on this and i and that's something i want to start doing even more of is working on it myself and so it's all out ahead of us that's the thing if we want it we can get it but you got to go get it move from tired to inspired yep Mm. it's good i like that that's going to be ringing in my ear that's a good spot to end <clears throat> Leave that little earworm in everybody's ear. Move from tired to inspired. So, yep. 
want to thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of Just These Guys, you know, and a special shout out to Alberta, Canada. Uh-huh. This episode brought to you by Tim Horton's Gluten-Filled Donuts. <laughs> They're the best. <laughs> I am Lance. And I'm Mike. And we're just these guys, you know. Catch you next week. Just these guys, you know, eh? Hey. Hey, Ozer. Hey. What was that from? Hey, Ozer. Yeah, the two guys. I can't think of their names. <laughs> Doug. Doug. Bob, Bob and Doug. Bob. Is it Bob and Doug? Bob and Doug.